So uh, we are in Luke chapter 9. So there's a couple of verses there. 21 to 22, 43 to 45, 51 to 56. So if you were here last week, we're on a series, right? So if you have ever watched a series, you would know that if you miss one episode, chances are you're not going to follow well on the, on the other episode. So uh, Tom preached last week about, about pride, right, of how pride is, is in the root of our failures, how pride is, can, give us, can even make us to miss who God is, right, because we are so fixated on, on, on trying to be God because of, because of the pride that is, that is in our heart. And this morning we are going to be touching on that, and we're going to be looking at a couple of things in these verses. So let's go from uh, Luke 9, verse 21 to 22. So uh, can I read? So we can open your Bible there. I'm going to start from verse 22. Uh, it says, And Jesus said, The Son of Man must suffer many things and be rejected by the elders and the chief priests and scribes and be killed on the third day be raised. Then we jump to verse 44. He says that, Let these words sink in your ears. The Son of Man is about to be delivered in the hands of men. But they did not understand uh, this saying, and it was concealed from them so that they may not perceive it. They were afraid to ask him about this saying. So let's jump to the uh, same chapter, but verse 51. When the days drew near for him to be taken up, he set his face to go to Jerusalem. I want you to underline that if you have a Bible or mark that, because that's basically where we're going to be. So he set his face to go to Jerusalem. And he sent messengers ahead of him who went and entered the village, uh, in the, of the, in the, uh, village of the Samaritans to make preparations for him. But the people did not receive him because his face was set towards Jerusalem. And when his disciples James and John saw it, they said, Lord, do you want us to tell fire to come down from heaven and consume them? But he turned and rebuked them, and they went to another village. So, uh, Tom last week dealt with, with, with pride, right? As I was explained, how, how pride is in the root of our failures and how pride was actually something that was, we see even in the, in the disciples' behavior, right? Through incidents that are happening. But this morning, I just want to root that pride in, in something that is, is persistent. If you have been reading the series, you're going to see there is something that is persistent, that Luke is, is speaking. Uh, uh, for me, I think it's, it's, it's a bit of a frustration that from the time that Jesus, uh, in the boat, when he quiets the storm, there is, this, there is this lack of comprehension of who Jesus is in the disciples. So we are with this person, and, and, and he quiets the storm. And then when the, when the Bible closes, it says that, they were asking themselves, there, there was this, who is this person? You know, there was this question among them. But who is this person who's, who silences a storm? Which is a good question. And you think that after that, then they would, sort of like their faith would grow in who Jesus is. But then we see it again and again. We see it in the, in the multiplication of the bread and the fish. When Jesus asked them, hey, uh, feed the people. But all of a sudden, they've forgotten that Jesus Christ has, has, has quieted the storm. And they said to him, well, what can we feed the people? We have only five loaves of bread and two fish. And these guys forget that maybe a couple of days ago, 
Jesus has quieted the storm. Like, so now it's like, where, where, where? and I like John. John says that Jesus knew what, what he was already doing. Jesus knew what he was already doing. So he was just asking him to test them. So whatever Jesus was doing to the disciples, he was sort of like to test them, to make them see that, guys, come on, look at me, see who I am. But there is this, frust for, as I've said, for me it's a frustration, this, this, this lack of understanding and, and, and failure on the disciples' part to really comprehend who Jesus is. Who is this person that we are going with? Who is this person that, that we are traveling with? And I think even in this, in this, in this couple of verses, we see that. Uh, we see that in four, Luke picks up four, four points in, this, in these verses. He said, number one, is their lack of understanding. So there is no lack of understanding, as I've said, in who Jesus is. So even when Jesus speaks to these guys, there is no lack of understanding. So number two, it says that the meaning, there's a verse that says that the meaning of what Jesus was speaking about, because Jesus now is starting to be open about his mission, about what is it that he actually came to do. So he's starting to be open that, look, I'm going away, I have to die, I have to be rejected, and this and this. But still, there is, there is a lack of understanding. And number three, I said that it's a lack of perception. And the last one is that it says that it's their failure to discuss the subject even further. So we see that uh, uh, with the disciples that all these four things are playing out. And that's one of the reasons why I think they were failing so much. It's one of the reasons why they failed to understand uh, who Jesus is. So it says that uh, in one of the verses, it says that one of the things that was happening was that Jesus had come from a mountain and had cast out a demon from, from, a, from a young boy. And the crowd were amazed at what, at what Jesus was doing. And, and while they were amazed, quickly Jesus Christ cuts uh, uh, the, sort of like the, the joy and looks at the disciples and tells them that actually, listen to me very carefully, I am going to die. Right? So you see these two things. The crowd is very happy on the other hand because there's this great deliverance and glory. But Jesus quickly makes turns the other way. So I think, but, but why is that? And I think that Jesus wanted to show the disciples that actually the glory of God is not just revealed in miracles. The glory of God is not just revealed in, in, in spectacles of what God does for us. But actually, the glory of God is revealed also in his suffering. Right? So that's what Jesus said. Jesus said, hey, guys, look, I, I, I get this celebration. This is good. This is, but, but I have to go because this is not how I'm going to be celebrated. This is not my glory. This is not what I came for. But what I came for, I came for to die and to die on the cross and to be rejected by man. And I said here, one of the things that you pick up from these verses that Jesus is being clear and direct about his mission and what he actually, what he actually came to do as the Son of God. There's this urge from Jesus about the need of the disciples to eternalize the Word of God. Yet at the same time, there is this sense of frustration about the failure in recognizing who Jesus is on, on the disciples' part. You see, the failure of, of, of the disciples in, in not comprehending who Jesus is and the, as a Messiah, as the one who came to die for, for all men, it leads to these to this, to this, to this consequences, these, these mistakes that they make, right? There are these mistakes that, that they are making around Jesus. And there is this frustration, as Luke tells us, that 
they are failing to understand. Even when Jesus communicates with them three times that, hey guys, I am going to Jerusalem. That, hey guys, I see the celebration here. I see these people are, are amazed by me. But actually, that's not my glory. My glory is to die on the cross. My glory is to go away. That's my actual glory. And I also feel like sometimes as believers, we, we, we can make that mistake as well. In thinking that sometimes the, the glory of God is revealed in what Christ has to do for me. Right? The glory of God is what, is what Christ does for me. So it's, it's, it's not like revealed in his suffering, but it's what I can gain from Christ. It's what Christ has, has, has to do for me. And I think uh, as of late, this has been one of, my, one of my biggest worries, especially in the church, is that I see ourselves, we are in the place of the disciples sometimes. That sometimes we fail to grapple who Jesus is. Sometimes we fail exactly who Jesus is and the law as, as, as Lord and Savior for our lives. We have this tendency of boxing Jesus into what I want him to be for me. So I want Jesus to be like this. I want Jesus, I want his glory in my life to be like this. And of course, that leads to, to, to a lot of things. Because now we, we develop, as, as Tom said last week, this sense of pride and arrogance. You know, in, 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 in that even, even, even when we pray, our prayers don't come from a place of, 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 of God, I'm privileged of being here. That God, I'm, I'm so privileged of what you have done for me. But rather, our, our prayers come from this place, from this box of what Christ has to be for me. You know, they come from this box. That as if, God, I'm happy. You, you have to do this for me. You know, you have to do like this in my life. I know you have plans for me, but I also want my plans to be, to be greater than your plans. You know, I think that, that, that is one of the, of the things that we see in the church today, that, that arrogance that hides itself in our prayers. I see this in myself as well. How often at times do I have to really think when I pray that, my God, actually, this is not your will or this is not, this is not your glory in my life. I don't know how many times in my life where I have to stop and, and ask myself, is this what really God wants for me? Or is this what I want for myself? But where does that come from? That comes from that, from that lack of, of not understanding what, what, what Christ, or not to comprehend who Christ really is in our lives. So, I said that, uh, friends, the wrong view or misunderstanding of Jesus, who Jesus is, leads to all manner of problems. You see, their flawed view about the real identity of Jesus and his missions, and his mission leads them to a wrong understanding of what disciple is and what following Jesus means. So we see that. See, these guys, they don't, they don't understand who Jesus is. And then what happens later on? They have a wrong view of what discipleship is. Right? So they don't understand what Jesus, who, who Jesus is. They don't understand his mission. And then what happens later on? They're having an argument amongst themselves as who has to be the greatest among them. So Jesus is going away. So Jesus is going to die. So immediately, the things that come, who's going to replace Jesus? They are having this argument, who, who, you know, who's going to be the greatest amongst, uh, amongst ourselves when Jesus leaves? But even then, Jesus shows them, uh, uh, Jesus penetrates the, the, the motive of your heart. Jesus comes and corrects them and shows them that actually, guys, this, this lack of understanding of who I am 
is even costing you the way that you are following me. Because now, what you are thinking about, you are, you are just thinking about yourself. You are thinking, the way you, you view even greatness is not the way that I view greatness as God. If you remember very well, when we, when we began in our Luke series, we spoke about, about the, the, the upside-down kingdom. I don't know if you guys remember very well. So in thought, we spoke with Silos preach about the upside-down the upside kingdom. How often at times, the value of the world are opposite to the values of God. So the, the way the world defines greatness is total opposite of the way Jesus defines greatness. So you're going to find sometimes the world defines greatness in a certain way, but Jesus defines greatness in a certain way. So that's what was happening here. So these guys don't have an understanding of who Jesus is, so they define greatness in the way of the world. But Jesus comes and corrects them and shows them that, look, he calls a child, someone who... Uh, back in those days when I was doing, when I was doing notes, back in those days, uh, in the time of Jesus, whenever you would do favor for someone, so one of their social, sort of like social norms is that whenever you would do favor for someone, you would do favor for someone who can pay you back. You would, you would look for someone that is equal to your standard. So you'd not do for f- a favor for someone that is poorer than you. Because later on, you won't be able to get that back. So the social uh, level in the times of Jesus was that if I was doing favor for someone, I would find someone who's in, who I'm equal with. That's how they define greatness. So Jesus, how does, he, how does he challenge them? He calls a child. A child, someone that is very low on sort of like the social scales of their times. And he shows them that actually the greatness in the kingdom of God is, is being humble like a child. Greatness in the kingdom of God is, 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 is not what they think it is. It's not what they think it is, but all of that uh, uh, comes from the fact that these guys don't, don't, don't understand who Jesus is. And sometimes as a church, and as sometimes as people, we can make that mistake. We can often take, 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 take the standards of the world and bring them into the presence of God. And forget that actually the way the, 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 social, the social standards of, of, of the world and the social standards of God are totally different. I mean, when we, when we speak in our church, we say that we love all people, right? We're a church that is, we are reconciled to God, we are reconciled to Jesus, we love all people, and we are, we are in pursuit of the kingdom of God. So that standard is completely different from the standards of the world. Whereas in the standards of the world, we want to socialize with people who have a, based on how much, you know, based on how much they, we can get out of them. Sometimes we are using Alapa or Twitter sometimes, what do they call? levels, right? <laughs> you socialize on levels, right? levels. That if you are in a certain level, if level, if you are not in my level, then I, have, I, I want nothing to do with you, right? We, we socialize, the world socialize in digits. If, if, if your salary doesn't have certain zeros, certain number of zeros, that means I can't socialize with you. But that's not what Jesus says. And that's not what Jesus says. That's not what Jesus makes us to believe. Jesus wants us to socialize with everyone because that's who he is. That's, that's, that's the understanding. That, that's, that's who he is. That's how he is as Jesus. Jesus didn't just attend the parties of people who can do stuff for him. But Jesus even went and visited people who are in the laws of the laws. So if we are not careful of how we, you know, comprehend Jesus and how we, we see him, we can, we can quickly 
go into that place where we are, these people are in the church. We say we are in the presence of God. We say in the church, we say we believe in Jesus, but also we socialize ourselves the way that the world socializes. Right? So Jesus shows them. So uh, uh, in verse 51 to 56, uh, Jesus is setting his face to Jerusalem, but along the way, he gets rejected by the Samaritans. Now, if you know the history of the Jews and the Samaritans, it is one that is rooted by a sense of deep hatred. So these two, these two nations don't, don't love one another. There's a, there's a long history before that. So when Jesus goes and sets his face to Jerusalem, he passes in Samaria. So what happens there? Jesus gets rejected. They don't accept him. They don't accept uh, the message that Jesus is bringing. So quickly, the disciples respond as always because they don't understand. They respond. John he responds, let us call fire for them. Right? Let us destroy them. How can they reject the Messiah? How can they reject Jesus? And they, they want, quickly they respond by wanting Jesus to call judgment on them. But Jesus again has to come and correct them and shows them that actually people like the Samaritans, people who reject him, are, are, are also the part, are also the reason why he's setting his face to Jerusalem. Right? The very people that reject him, the very people that don't want nothing to him, they are the very people that Jesus is going in Jerusalem to die for, right? The very people that he's, he, they are calling judgment on them, the very people that they, they want Jesus to destroy. Jesus says, hey, I, I, I'm not here for that. Actually, I'm going to Jerusalem, and I'm going to die and save such people, right? And I said, no amount of rejection or suffering, uh, the Messiah didn't come into this world to judge and condemn people, even the people that reject him. But rather, he came to die as a ransom for all. That him going to Jerusalem is exactly for that purpose. And no amount of rejection or suffering will stop his mission for, of him dying on the cross. Right? So that's why Jesus was communicating to the disciples, hey, no amount of these people rejecting me. No amount of, of our history, of our cultural history, will, will stop me from dying for these people. Because that's what we, we have to understand, that Jesus' mission was, was to die for everybody and not just for a, a selected few, right? So I made an example. I said, I want you to think about this. If, if you knew that tomorrow uh, you're going to wake up in the morning and you're going to go to work, Right? So let's make an example. You knew that you're going to wake up in the morning and you're going to go to work. And you're going to be rejected at work. You're going to be fired. You, 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 know, you know that as you're waking up in the morning. Because a, a, a dear friend of yours went and maybe betrayed you. Right? A dear friend of yours that you, you, you shared life with went ahead of you and, and just reported you at work. And you knew that if you go to work, you are going to be rejected. You knew that you go to, when you go to work, you are going to be fired. You are going to lose everything. Right? Imagine if tomorrow you have to wake up with that thought in your head. Would you wake up in the morning? Would you really get out of bed if you knew? Huh? If you knew that your best friend was going to betray you, the one that you were, the one that you were helping, Right? If you knew that your best friend was going to betray you, if you knew that your other friend was going, to, was going to deny you, would you want to wake up? Would you have courage to get up in bed and say, I'm going to work, even though you knew what was going to happen? I don't think so, right? 
none of us will have that courage to wake up in the morning and go there. Right? I need to think about this. We lose ourselves over, over, over unanswered uh, WhatsApp messages, right? I don't know if I'm the only one. I'm about blue tick. I want people to bleak to you. Don't you get mad? Don't you get angry when someone blue ticks you like, why is, it not, why is this person not answering me? Right? Imagine if you, you, lo- imagine if you lose yourself. Some, someone roots. Imagine if sometimes our day gets ruined by, by a TikTok, by a, by, by a TikTok, WhatsApp. You have a very bad day because someone just didn't answer you. But Jesus had the worst day ever. Yes? Jesus had the worst day ever. Jesus was going to be betrayed. Jesus knew that he was going to be denied. Jesus knew that he was going to be rejected. But you know what? Jesus woke up that, that day. Luke said he set his face to go to Jerusalem. He was determined. Right? He was determined, I am going there. And he knows what's going to happen. He even tells people that's going to happen. It's like me going to Mel and saying, Mel, you know what? I'm waking up in the morning and I'm going to work. I'm going to get rejected. I'm going to get fired. I'm going to lose everything. But I'm going to go there anyway. But that's what Jesus did. He set his face there. Because for the Lord Jesus Christ, uh, because for Jesus going to Jerusalem meant a, uh, finally the long-awaited Messiah will finally take his place and, and, and destroy his enemies. But Jesus showed the perception of the kind of Messiah that he was, totally different from the one that was in front of them. Later, Jesus will drill this point that anyone who desires to follow him has to pay the very cost of suffering that he paid. Maybe the question we should ask ourselves this morning, what type of Messiah do we have in our minds? Right? So Jesus shows these disciples that, look, I'm not the type of Messiah that you have in your mind. I'm not the type of Messiah that dies for certain people, but I'm the type of Messiah who gonna, who's going to die for all. Even when I know that I'm going to be denied, even when I know that I'm going to be rejected, even though when I know that I'm going to suffer, but still I'm setting my face, I'm going to Jerusalem because that is the will of God for my life. Right? And Jesus later on shows them that everybody that it's, has to follow him, Jesus was not just telling them what's going to happen, but Jesus is paving a way and is showing us that anybody who has to desire to follow him, somehow in their life, they are going to have those moments where they have to set out they have to be courageously set their face and face some stuff in their lives, right? Because there is a cost in following Jesus. Jesus, it's not just, I wish I could stand here this morning and say, following Jesus is a bed of roses. No. Jesus, following Jesus is not a bed of roses. There's a cost there. So Jesus is paving a way for us and is showing us that actually this is what you have to go through. If I went through that, if I as a Messiah came, and I went through suffering, I went through rejection, I went through all of these things. Also, anybody who desires to follow me has to carry that cross. At some point in their life, has to face some sort of rejection. At some point in their life, they have to face betrayal. At some point in their life, they have to face different stuff in, in their way. Because that's what, they, that's what I did as well. Right? Remember in, in the book of John, Jesus says, no servant is greater than his master. If they hated you, they're also going to hate me as well. So Jesus is paving a way and he's showing them that I'm not the type of Messiah that you think I am. I'm not the type of Messiah that, that wants to take the throne of Jerusalem and dethrone the Romans. No, I am the type of Messiah who has a greater mission than that. I am the type of Messiah who, who has to suffer, who has to be spit upon, 
But anyway, I'm going there because I have this mission by God to die for, for all of us. Right? So maybe that's, that's something that we should, we should think about. What type of Messiah do we have in our heads? And I think as of late, we have, we have this, 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 this misconception as Christians that following Jesus is this, is this lovely journey at times. Is this lovely journey without pain, without suffering, without rejection, without... It's just going to flow. And, but that's not true at all. The Bible doesn't agree with that. The Bible warns us ahead that following Christ will mean we have to pay the price of denying ourselves. We'll have to pay the price even when unzima, even when things are hard, we'll have to carry the cross and we'll have to follow Jesus. Because that's what he did. Right? So sometimes there is this misconception about, uh, around Christians that uh, following Jesus is something easy. Following Jesus is not going to be without trials. My friend, if, if, if you have not yet had your own fear of, of suffering, can I spoil you in advance? Can I spoil it in advance? Right? They are coming. I'm sorry to say this. I know that. that. They are coming. We will have our fair share. Right? If you have not been rejected, it's coming. Right? If you have not suffered, it's coming. If you have not been mocked by people for following Jesus, it's coming. If you have not been called by names for following Jesus, it's coming. Right? I, I remember in high school when I started my own journey with God, it went to a point whereby uh, our, our school was sort of like an upstairs. So I went to the, to the, to the toilet upstairs. So what happened there was that our toilets were like this. Uh, it was the boys' toilet, the ladies' toilets, right? So I was going, and someone came running and then pushed me in the ladies' toilet, right? Pushed me, and I went inside, and then someone closed the door there. Someone closed the door, and then one of the ladies of, of my class came inside of the, of, of the toilet, right? And said to me, I want to see what you're going to do. Said, I want to see what you're going to do. And guys, you know, all the boys in my class were waiting outside, right? <laughs> waiting for Prince. Want to see what's going to happen, <laughs> right? Want to see what's going to happen. And, and, and to, 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 to their disappointment, nothing happened, <laughs> right? I pushed my way into that. And man, did they not laugh. Man, did, they, did I not become the joke of the school? Did I not become embarrassed because I thought when I came out, everybody was like, did anything happen? I was like, no, nothing happened. <laughs> right? And all the name calling started then. Man, did it not get embarrassing? Why? Because back then, a, a, when you were a teenager, following Jesus and taking a decision to leave certain stuff, it was something that was weird, right? People did not understand so, uh, I, I live with that shame in high school. That, uh, one day, that guy over there was locked with the, with the lady in the toilet, and he did nothing. So, I had to carry this shame, right? Though it was not good at the times, but I praise God. I praise God for it because I get to experience what Jesus experienced as well, right? And I still carry those until today because that's the glory of God sometimes. The glory of God is suffering for him. When we go through sufferings in life, that's, that's his glory. Not only when we are blessed, not only when we see miracles, 
but also when we see sufferings. So I said that somehow we'll have to, is that since Christ suffered, therefore, we'll never face any forms of suffering. Somehow we'll have this getaway free ticket from the sufferings of life. But that's not true at all. Jesus shows us that denying ourselves daily is the price that we paid for following him. So as, as much as Jesus denied himself, because Jesus had an option to not go to the cross, he could do that, but Jesus denied himself. Jesus denied his feelings. Jesus denied the pain of rejection, and he set his face and went to the cross. So what can we take away from Jesus' message this morning? Our failure to really comprehend who Jesus is leads to a life that fails to understand and who and what Jesus came for in this world. So if we find ourselves like the disciples, failing to comprehend and understand who Jesus really is, our life is going to show, just as the disciples, you know, our, our, I want to say our, the way we view life, the way we view our goals, the way we do things, is gonna, we're going to take the very things that we can live, we, we, we're going to take stuff that we can do well without, and we're going to place them. We're going to start running after stuff that is, not, that is not our, the way we set up our life is going gonna, gonna to show itself, right? So, but when we understand who Jesus is, everything about us, the way we view everything, even the way I view work changes. I don't view work as this thing that is I have to go to work. I view work as a ministry. In these in this few weeks, that's what Jesus has been telling me. Prince, view work as a ministry, man. Go there and, 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 and tell them about me. Not only when I'm in church, but, but, but at work as well. So that's what, that's what Jesus has been doing these this few weeks. Because finally I understood who Jesus was and, and it's just this understanding of who he is. And friends, uh, Jesus was resolute. Number two, Jesus was resolute in dying for our sins. We should also be resolute in living for him. We should also be resolute in our sense of building community. We also should be resolute in strengthening one another in following Christ. So Jesus, Luke says, Jesus was, had his face in Jerusalem. He knew why he was going to Jerusalem. He knew what he was going to do. He knew that he was going to be rejected by many people. And if Jesus Christ was, was resolute, because that's, that's to be resolute. If Jesus was resolute to die on the cross, as a church, we should also be resolute in, in, in being part of community. We should also be, we should also be, I don't know how to put it. We should also, I don't want to say crazy, ne? because that's a big word. We should also be, if, 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 guys, let's go to community group, right? If, if we don't see one another, if there's one member we don't see, we should be, where is so-and-so? We should be resolute in that, because we understand the price that was paid for that person. So we should be resolute. Where is so-and-so this week? Huh? Two weeks, where, where are they? Where is so-and-so? We should be phoning. We should be checking. We should be going after people because we understand the price that Jesus paid. We understand what Jesus went through for that one person. Right? We should be resolute in our sense of community. In our sense of community that we don't just want to be people who are individuals who are living alone on the side. That no, we want to be a community. We want to do things together. And when we see one person going, we are doing our best, even when they reject us, we are doing our best to bring that person into community. Because we understand what Christ paid for that person. We should be resolute in our daily lives and living for him. 
against whatever comes our way, because stuff is going to come our way, against the temptations, against the rejection, we should be resolute because we understand that there is a Messiah that was named Jesus, and he paid a very big price for my salvation. So I'm not going to stop. I'm going to go, continue going on. Yes, I can feel that I want to tap out, but I'm not going to tap out because I understand who Jesus is. I'm not going to give up. I'm going to suffer. Yes, I'm going to suffer, but I'm going to continue going on because I know and I understand what Jesus did on the cross for me. Right? You know, in the morning to finish, we were, we were speaking about an inheritance. And I was just I was reading there. He uh, was talking about Hebrews, talks about Esau. What, what was the biggest sin of Esau? The biggest sin of Esau is that he didn't value the birthright or the inheritance that was given to him. Right? He didn't value it. He just changed. Oh, I'm hungry. Ah, I'm going to give me that plate of food and take this thing away. And, and guys, we need to value what Christ has done for us. We need to value that each and every day and not be like Esau and understand that Jesus, the Messiah, he paid a very price for us. Amen. Can I pray for us as we finish this morning? Can we close our eyes? Father God, in the name of the Lord Jesus, my God, there is no amount of words, even though I'm trying this morning, there is no amount of words that can make us understand what you went through. The suffering, the things that you went through. And the painful thing, my Lord, is that you knew what was going to happen. When you were waking up in the morning, you knew that your disciples are going to deny you. They are going to reject you, my Lord. But Luke said, you set your face to go to Jerusalem. You went there, my God. And I just pray for us this morning that maybe some of us tomorrow, maybe some of us, we have stuff in our lives that we really need to set our face against, my God. But we can only set our face against that when we really understand who you are, my Jesus. And Father, I pray that we may have this great revelation of who you are this morning as we live our daily lives. And understand, my God, that your glory sometimes is not revealed in these big public spectacles, my Lord. That sometimes your glory is revealed in us not tapping out when we are supposed to tap out. Your glory is, revealed, is being revealed when we are tempted and we want to give in, but we don't give in. That's where your glory is, my God. Father, I surrender our lives into your hands. And I pray that each of us may value you, my God, in Jesus' name.